This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Wednesday, the 5th of April, 2023. Coming up today, we're going to learn all about the stellar trek from Humanware and should we all just slow down? You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Sean Priest, Sean Priest, Sean Priest, Sean Priest. I like that. That kind of works. Oh, well done. I was just going to leave you hanging there to see how, how long you went on for. I was trying to think I could get my own name into that. There's too many syllables Steve in there. Steve's got... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve no, it's got... too difficult. We'll work on that. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm all right. Aaron Linton's concerned that he's offended me, by the way. Oh, Our lovely right. listener, Aaron, he's got in touch to say, I'm so sorry, Stephen. I never know how to spell your name. Oh, no, good point. Is yeah. it Stephen or Steven? Well, it's, it's Steven, but I don't care. I really don't, you know. And well, you, can, you, you can sign my name no. any way you like. Well, no. You say that, but if I call you Stevie, baby, you don't like it. I say that, but, you know, there's part of me kind of likes ah, it. Okay, um, no, it's funny. <laughs> my uh, my wife will occasionally call me Steve, and I'm yeah. fine with that. Uh, her boss calls me Steve. And because, you know, it's her boss, I don't want to, you know, say anything. So I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. He's not my boss, but, you know, I kind of feel like somehow he is of all of a sudden, you know, by proxy. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. So I feel nervous around him. So I think, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I just get called Steve. Uh, but no one else calls me Steve on earth. Uh, but I'm not cool enough to be a Steve. You, well, no, come on. Let's be brutally honest now. Open up. We can share it. This is a safe space. You don't like okay, being I don't, called I, Steve. I don't like it. You don't, I don't like, like it. it. No. Why did you bring this up today of all days? Why did you bring it up? <laughs> all right, calm down, Steve. E-baby. You opened the wound. <laughs> Uh, no uh, offence taken, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. No, fine. definitely not. Uh, how's the uh, how's the shed? Oh, it's gorgeous. Shed life all the way. Ah, oh, it's so nice in here. I haven't got people barging in. The dog coming in, dropping toys on my lap. Oh, this that's is nice, though. Uh, no, no, it's not. No, it's horrendous. Not when you're trying to record something. Everyone's barging in. It's so nice to have your own space. I can uh, I can highly recommend it. Everyone. Get in your sheds. Do we get t- everybody? Everybody get in your shed. That sounds like a song waiting to happen from the nineties. Yeah, um, we'll work on that. So you know, my, we've got two dogs. So my my wife's got her guide dog Coco, and of course we've got a little Dougal as well. And occasionally, very rarely does Dougal ever come in. He, he kind of likes his own thing, and he likes his little bed. So he goes off to that, and he just lies there and sleeps when I'm doing the show. It's kind of funny though because. Whenever we watch soap operas at home, so we, our favourite is Coronation Street. Whenever Coronation mm. Street comes on, when the theme tune starts, the dogs immediately go wow. to bed. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, they just go straight to bed and they uh. lie down and they sleep. And as soon as the theme tune finishes or, you know, comes up for the end of the show, they get up again. It is so funny. Oh, well, that's nice, isn't it? They know that they're not going to get any attention for you for the exactly. next 30 minutes. But yes. it's amazing that they know the end theme tune as well it's like as soon as the theme tune starts for the end of the show they get back up as if to say okay we're back it's almost like we've created an automated sequence where as soon as that music starts (laughs) they go to bed (laughs) and then they get back up again it's absolutely brilliant but i've also noticed that when i hit the theme tune for this show they do the same thing um Ah. i don't know what to make of that well, I think everyone does. As soon as they hear this theme tune, <laughs> straight to bed. bed. <laughs> we do get a lot of people that listen through the night. 
Some people we're listening. Actually, we're we're sitting here shouting. Some people are in their bed. Hello, thank you. Shh, go to sleep. Yeah, get some sleep. Uh, listen, did you hear the news about Italy? Italy apparently are banning the rollout of uh, Chat G- well, GPT, I guess, generally from OpenAI. <gasps> the ro- Mamma uh, Mia, no. <laughs> Mamma Mia, indeed. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, yeah, a blanket I, I, ban on Chat GPT AI. What does that mean? I, I don't understand what that even means, right? I mean, is, is well, that, how are they going to stop getting. Chat GPT in there? Can they turn off the internet? How does that work? Well, they can. I mean, they, they every country has control of basically. There's a country specific firewall, right? So if you want to block access, the entire country's access to certain uh, IP addresses, which I'm guessing they would block out the open AI servers, mm. meaning that no matter what implication or application you're using, I should say, with ChatGPT, it wouldn't be able to access the uh, artificial intelligence servers. So they're more than capable of doing that. Now, whether or not that's the right move, I I, I don't know. Has there been an announcement about the reasoning behind it? Well, all I've got here is it says the Italian Data Protection Authority said there were privacy concerns relating to the model which was created oh, by the US startup OpenAI and backed by that's Microsoft. That's a vague bluff. Yeah, yeah, a bit, okay. yeah, the regulator said it would ban and investigate OpenAI with immediate effect. OpenAI told the BBC uh, that it complied with privacy laws but would work with the government. Um, just, It's a bit weird, isn't it? But, I mean, the bigger concerns, let's be honest about it, are really around the risks to jobs, the threats to jobs. Uh, but also I think some people concerned about the spreading of misinformation and bias. Um, I mean, this is funny because this, Sorry, is, this doesn't is, happen already well, <laughs> from exactly. a human aspect. I mean, come on. I, well, I suppose the idea, though, is the concern is that if AI gets hold of it, you know, it's going to mindlessly just spray this disinformation all over the Internet. Well, remember Microsoft's AI-powered social media chatbot? Uh, which yes. they, they sprung on uh, a certain platform and then it immediately became incredibly racist and uh, mm-hmm. sexist and everything else. It, took, it picked up all the harmful content and just <laughs> sprayed it back out and was immediately taken back down again. I think there has been a lot of lessons learned from that and there's lots of, at least with AI, there's um, there, there's moves to minimise that as much as they can. And, and ChatGPT, there are lots of limitations on what it will, what you can ask it to do. You know, if it thinks it's harmful, um, there's no such thing on social media with human. <laughs> no. Human bots, if you like. No, that's interesting, is that we can regulate on one, but not on the other. On the um, other, yeah. And this, of course, follows the letter from many uh, tech heads, including Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak as well, as we mentioned earlier. I think last week we mentioned this, calling for these types of AI systems to be suspended amid fears the the race to develop them was out of control. Now, the Italian watchdog said that not only would it block OpenAI's chatbot, but it would also investigate whether it complied with general data protection regulation. This is GDPR, something that is an impact, has a a major impact in the the EU and indeed in the UK as well, where where we are. Um, And really it governs the way in which the Europeans can use, process and store personal data. Data. The watchdog said on the 20th of March that the app had experienced a data breach involving user conversations and payment information. It said there was no legal basis to justify the mass collection and storage of personal data for the purpose of training the algorithms underlying the operation of the platform. It also said that there was no way to verify the age of users, 
the app exposes minors to absolutely unsuitable answers compared to their degree of development and awareness. Oh, so they're banning Google as well then? Well, Any search it, engine? Are they banning the internet in general? It I says mean, BARD, which is, of course, Google's rival, uh, anti, uh, anti, artificial intelligence, <laughs> anti-intelligence, yeah, that's, <laughs> Google are developing anti-intelligence, that's we're finished, that's it, we're done. Uh, well, this uh, artificial intelligence chatbot is now available, but only to specific users over the age of 18 because of the same concerns. So you have to be over 18 to use it. Really? But I guess that's because you have to sign up to use it, right? You'd have to sign up to use the Google one at the moment. I don't know. An age restriction on accessing AI? I don't I don't know. I I could I think that's open to debate. Um it depends on the how how um how useful the limitations in place are so the people aren't exposed to let's say adult content, but you mm. know what I mean by that maybe something that maybe younger children shouldn't have access to. I don't know. I I bet, that, that's, that, that's a useful debate though. When it comes to privacy concerns, yeah, no, I think that's I think the main issue here is the impact on employment. And again, that is a worthy debate well, to have. But just I, I agree with that. you, but I would say that not having kids, I don't think about the child the child impact on this, I guess. And I suppose if they can access this GPT thing, which they can, and it's giving out answers that are concerning and certainly unsuitable for younger people. That's something that should be looked into. I'm, I'm kind of glad that countries are taking this seriously, but again, the problem uh, yeah, is it's a picking... drop in the ocean because there's so many, let's be honest, this is a worldwide problem, right? And this stuff just takes over the world instantly. You know, so one country makes a, a move on it. I mean, really, I guess maybe the EU itself. It's TikTok. Everyone loves when the EU gets involved because, you know, they love bringing their laws. <laughs> Apple are so happy that USB-C is coming soon. Um, Which is a great thing, by the way, and everyone should do that. Everyone um, but, loves the... Uh, look. Pardon? The EU. Uh, I, I, no, I, I really don't like that noise. Um, look, it's like the TikTok <laughs> debate, okay? It's, uh, it's all about well, the, what they what they're doing with our data and our personal data. But I'm not convinced that is what the real issue is. And it's the same with this AI. Oh, it's all about the data and what they're mm. doing with it. I don't think it is. And when it comes to you know keeping children safe, I'm sorry, there's so many adult sites on the internet which anyone can access at any time. There's no age verification. Then, <sighs> Do okay. you know, you got to be careful with that argument, though, because that's what a battery, Why? right? So well, what about this and what about that? And there's always something else. There's always another boogeyman out no, there. Yeah, but but that doesn't interest- mean you shouldn't deal with the other problems. No, no, of course. Yes, of course. I'm sorry. But if you're saying a, a, a text-based I, uh, AI may give you slightly... Um, inappropriate answers to something even then it's not using swearing or anything right whereas well, we don't know. you know adult content sites out there which have been around for decades and decades oh okay that's absolutely fine i'm sorry that there are there are priorities here if you if you're taking a stand against say well someone think of the children then block every adult site through your countrywide firewall as well okay right well there we go interesting there we go. Um, thank you yeah Sean speaking for nobody on that one. Uh, right, so <laughs> I want to move on because uh, this kind of, I guess, connects into this. So there's a village in India. I wanted to talk about this. I mentioned it a couple of weeks back. A village in India is switching off the internet for a daily digital detox every single night. So imagine this. You come home from school or from work and you, you don't need to jump on, you know, maybe play a bit of Fortnite. Listen to me, no, pretending I know what that is. Oh, you're um, so cool. I know. I do. I, I, to me, After that's skateboarding. He comes in, plays I, I, a little I, bit I, of Fortnite. 
<laughs> but a tin can. Um, no, you know, it's it's just, I honestly, Fortnite to me is two weeks. That's what Fortnite is. I don't know what it means in re- relative to gaming. Um, but yes, uh, apparently it's a thing. And, uh, you know, you then find out that you can't because the internet is switched off. And this is what's happening in a village in Western India, um, which has introduced a daily restriction on the use of TV and mobile phones for a few hours each day. Now, it says a few hours, but it's actually from 7pm till 8.30 at night. It kicks off uh, when a siren <laughs> a siren goes up Purge. at 7pm every evening, <laughs> which tells residents <laughs> that it's time to turn off their TV and mobile phones. Uh, the gadgets can then be switched on when the village council... Sounds the purge siren again at eight thirty p.m. That sounds like a cow. It's it's it, well, oh. it is interesting because it's a lot of farmers live there. So yeah, that would actually kind of okay. work. There you go. Cool. So it's a rural village that have implemented this. Yes. This hour and a half, and it's only a trial. Free. And I think they've they've decided this village because it's quite small. It's not a hugely populated area, and they can obviously go around and check that people are adhering to this as well. So Sean Priest, digital detox. Mm, enforced mm, mm. digital detox, by the yeah, way, yeah. pro or not pro? <laughs> well, I think, think this is a... pro, pro or against <laughs> or anti-pro. anti-pro. This is a fantastic, fantastic idea. I think this is great. It forces people to take stock of their life and what they do with their time. Absolutely amazing. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. I wasn't expecting that answer. Good, because that was a total lie. Absolutely <gasps> ridiculous. You caught me. I, I did catch you. I was. What a total waste of time who are they who are they who are they who are they to tell people they're the authority they're the council they're the council the village council right okay (laughs) couple of things here right when that siren goes off does the council go to the i don't know the power substation and turn off the uh, the uh, village router or the <laughs> the uh, TV transmitters. I mean, is this enforced? These people actually have no choice in the matter. They simply can't access the internet because it isn't there. Uh, well, it's enforced in the sense that people will come round. The village has around three thousand people in it, and mainly made up of farmers and sugar mill workers. And what they're saying is that you know they go around the village and they kind of just you know make sure people are following. The, uh, the the rule, I guess, which is that all these TVs and, and uh, mobile phones are switched who off. Who are you they know? to come round my house and say, what are you doing? Who, who, I'm going to say it again, who are they? This is absolutely ridiculous. What people do with their own time, this to me sounds like snobbery, like intellectual snobbery. Oh, well, you're on your smartphone. Obviously, you're not doing anything of any meaning. You're just wasting your time. But who let, are you to honest, tell me what I'm doing? Probably not. Doing anything meaningful? No, again, again, sweeping generalisation. The internet is like any any other form of entertainment or education. Oh, all oh, right. So it's, when you it's were, what you're well, doing well, on How it. did you educate yourself this week on your smartphone? Okay, did I ask the, this question on a family show? <laughs> For the majority of time, it was probably of no uh, benefit, right? But at the same time, it did me no harm. If I'm watching eight hours of Facebook watch videos a day, but that's not stopping me doing anything else that needs to be done, if it's not harming any other aspect of my life, where is the harm? Well, the reason this has been brought in in particular, I mean, I think people might say, well, okay, fair enough. If Sean Priest wants to sit for eight hours a day watching Facebook Watch and do nothing else, that's up to you. Uh, What are you not doing as a result of it? Well, basically anything else is the answer to that, right? But that's up to you, right? Okay, that's fine. But what about children? 
right? So children who are coming in who should be getting their homework done, and instead they are addicted to these devices. Now, look, I have to say it's really interesting this has happened in India because you would kind of expect this, or I would argue this should happen in America, for example, where it is clear these kids are never off these devices. I will say this, though. I think there's a bigger problem here, which is that the parents as well don't help. Let me play out a little example of uh, what I mean by this. Oh, so, you know, this is in. interesting. So, you know, you get a little example of a little radio play here, right? So, everyone sit back, enjoy. Little Tommy is on his uh, device watching mindless garbage, as uh, he, he will, uh, which, according to Sean, has no harm at all on this child, Absolutely no impact right. whatsoever. Yes. Uh, so, mindless garbage. Cars driving into walls, dogs jumping up at a uh, postman. I don't know, right? Whatever. This is interesting, yes. I want um, more examples, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of it. Cats sitting on roofs. I don't know. Whatever okay. is on the internet, right? So all that yes. stuff. And uh, the mum says, uh, little Tommy, could you, uh, could you, you know, could, could you put, put your device down, please? Time to get your homework done. So could you, put, could you put the device down, please? And little Tommy says, okay, mum, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll oh. put down my device. It's a full, uh, full acting oh, set is, here. This is amazing. And then Dad Carry comes on. in and says, what about me? And it's like, anyway. But no. So um, <laughs> little Tommy puts down his device and then mum says, okay, good now. Go get your, you know, go get your, you know, homework done. Like Tommy all of a sudden. Yeah. But, well, they're a family, right? They all sound oh, similar. Yeah, yeah, so, then, so then what does the mum do? Picks up her phone and starts watching mindless garbage on it. And that's, that's because... the problem. No, right? no, no. So no, no. The kid the sees that. Yes, the kid sees that, you know what, I've discharged my responsibility by parenting in the correct way, and now I'm going to... Ignore uh, that. No, 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 I've done it. I've done my task, so now I'm going to sit down and do something else. It does... Look, the, the point is, and the problem I have with this story is the word addiction. Addiction is a very strong word. There is a difference between an addiction which is incredible, by its very uh, definition, uh, is yep. harmful. It's uh, harmful. Oh, right. It's a okay. harmful, so it's harmful thing. So this what? is not harmful. Well, it, it depends. People do get addicted to things. And when they do get addicted to things, it's at the uh, it's at harming other aspects of their life. So hang on. So, so it is harmful. So therefore it is No, uh, what I'm addictive. saying is... Uh, no, what I'm saying is addiction. To say someone's addicted to it, I think, is a sweeping generalisation in this case. Of course they're not addicted to it. If someone comes down so and... I, I, mean, I know this is... I, 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 yes. I'm saying this more generally for people okay. who struggle okay. with the English language these days. And, yes. And, you know, they seem to want to change the meaning of every word in the dictionary. Uh, but, you know, the word addiction is a good word to use because it's also the kind of right word to use. It's why we use words in the English language. There, I thought I'd just say that. No, it's the wrong word to use. What word would you use? I would use habit. What's wrong with the word habit? Smoking's I, a habit. Yeah, but that's that's harmful. That's demonstrably physically harmful. Where is the harm in someone? Um, okay, let's talk about screen time, right? Mm -hmm. if, if my screen time comes up and says, "Hey, you spent an average of fourteen hours a day uh, on your smart device," Facebook Watch. Yeah, whatever it may be, absolutely fine. Okay, but if that's had no impact on other areas of my life, where's the harm? Well, I, I guess you have to measure it yourself. I will. I can give you examples of where I think it's harmful for me. No, no. Yeah, but again, you're measuring it yourself. But where's well, of course. the? Well, what else yeah, am I going to do? Because you brought up something like smoking, right? Smoking, overeating, well, or something. I think it's. I think if, it's just harmful. I mean, yeah, okay, it's not physically harmful. Although it could be if you if you've got vision and you stare at these things all day. Yes, there are examples of and experiences yeah. where people have have had 
are you, are you kidding? Are you telling me that the opticians are wrong when they say that yes. they're seeing more and more people coming in with, with needing glasses because yes. they're staring at these things all the time? Yes, what, I is am. that just rubbish? Yes, okay. it's rubbish. Um, well, I'm glad we didn't clarify that. I've got um, no medical training, by the no, way. No, I, I just want to be very clear. <laughs> Sean knows nothing about anything. Watching um, too much TV gives you square eyes. It just, uh, come on now. Well, look, here's the problem, right? For me, when it comes to harm, uh, attention span. Right away, I am aware of when I am sitting on that device and my wife and I are sitting next to each other, staring at the devices or you know listening to the devices, whatever it is, and we try and have a conversation with each other and neither of us can get each other's attention because we are so focused on these devices. Or as soon as my wife stands up to do something, like I'll go into the kitchen and get something, you immediately reach for the phone and you pick it up. That's not good. That's really not good because it gets to a point where, hmm. you know, it is an addiction. You kind of, I mean, have you ever left the house without your smartphone? I mean, you know how that feels? That yes. feeling of absolute panic. What am I going to do? Now, I, I'm kind of of the age, and so are you, that we could pretty much manage to get through the rest of that day. We'd be aware of it. We'd be thinking, oh, I've not got my phone. I've not got... But we've also lived in a generation where we grew up in a generation where you would meet... Remember the days you would meet someone in town and you would say to them, okay, I'll meet you in town at three o'clock. And you yes. had no... When you left the house, you had no way to communicate with that person at all or anybody else on planet Earth. You it's would far go better out, now. I, I, it's not. It, no, it's not. Of course, it, how can it be worse? What, so now obsession. you can contact anyone at any time. And what and it, for and what benefit? A, you know, this what is do you mean just for what benefit. Honestly, because it makes I, life easier. Because what in other the old benefit days, do you need? In the old days, you could leave the house and oh, you could go, go out on your day. You could come back, and oh. that was it. But nowadays, if you don't answer a text within like ten seconds of someone sending it to you, what's wrong? Is everything okay? What's happened? Oh my god, it's great. And I have to say, it hasn't stopped I feel or loved. saved anybody from not being found or whatever else. Of course it has. Of course it has. It makes life so much easier. How can it be a bad thing? Look, the, the thing here, it seems like a generational thing. You're looking back with nostalgia and rose-tinted monocles or whatever. This is ridiculous. It's far better now to be able to communicate with loved ones whenever you want. It, it, how can that possibly be I a negative? I left my phone at home once to go out into town. I forgot to take it with me. I get on the bus and I think to myself, I haven't got my phone. It's not ideal, but okay, I'll live. So I get into town, I do what I'm doing, I come back home, I have like 18 missed calls, I don't know how many text messages from people thinking I'm dead. Now, why is that a good thing? I mean, why can't people just realise you maybe just want to be left alone for a little while? And this is the problem because they're addicted to their devices and if you, they just assume addicted you're again. addicted to yours. No. So therefore you'll have this thing no. on you all the time. Are you telling no. me it's not an addiction, yet you yes. cannot put that thing down? Yes, I'm telling you, you it's not an addiction. Yes, that is an addiction. No, it is not an addiction. I think you're fighting me on semantics and it's nonsense. No, 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 it's a habit. What I'm saying is I don't watch TV, right, in the evening. I don't okay, watch deal. It. Right, here's the deal. I don't watch can any you TV. Put, can you turn off your phone tonight and yes. not turn it back on till Monday? Well, it depends if I've got something to replace no, no, that time-wasting no, 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 ability. No, no, if it's not an addiction, you don't need it. So can you turn off your smartphone yes. today, Wednesday... Yes. And not turn it on till Monday. I could do, yes. But you're not going to. But I'm not going to. Why not? If I, because I Why would not? just replace it with something else. I would listen like to... Listen, exactly you're going to get an that's, that's exactly the point. <laughs> what else would you replace it with? 
That's not an answer. That, the no, answer is, is not, what no, else no, will I do? The answer is, can you live without your smartphone? Yes, And you've of course, just anyone said you can, can't, which no, means you're no, addicted to it. No, no, anyone that is can definition live without, no, of addiction. No, no, addiction is also harmful to other aspects of your life. Yeah, like doing anything else. Yeah, but what <laughs> is the so other busy. thing? It, this is a form of entertainment or education. That's what Look, it comes for, down for to. For you as an adult, that's fine. But what about yes. kids? You see, the thing is, I think if you had kids, because your kids are, I say kids, but your kids are yes. young adults now. If, yes. you were, if your kids were growing up, because I'm guessing they didn't grow up during this, this revolution, really, did I they? I threw them in front of Teletubbies for hours on end. Oh, sorry, so you That's got what used to screen for. time before, we, yes. before there was a screen time issue, right, OK. Uh, but your kids didn't grow up during that period, did they? I mean, were smartphones, well, smartphones certainly weren't around. It was, smartphones weren't, but there, there was always computers in the house and uh, they, they grew up using computers. I just don't think it's a bad thing. This all, uh, using TV as a babysitter, it's either feast or famine, it seems. You're either incredibly addicted and it's harmful to your life or you just go totally without and, you know, just... Oh, well, listen, don't, don't, make, don't get me wrong. Make your own bread and, and read uh, the Bible yeah, or books listen, or whatever it may be. Don't, don't get me wrong on that one, Sean. I, I don't have kids, but, you know, I, I think it is an incredibly snobby thing to say when people say, well, you shouldn't put your kids in front of a TV all day and night. These are clearly people who have never had kids. Because the, every parent I ever speak to says, yeah, sometimes you just need a break. So yes, <laughs> I'll put my kids in front of the television or I'll hand them an iPad and say, please leave me alone. <laughs> Here's Frozen for the 800th time. <laughs> if they enjoy it, there's nothing wrong with it. The thing is, uh, it, 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 for me, it's, it's if it does you harm. And I just don't see where the harm is coming from. Any, any activity that you do, right, is contextual. You, can, you could be on... I watch Facebook Watch a lot. We've talked about this before. Hmm. I could waste hours. But equally... What am I watching on Facebook? Watch, it, uh, you know, if it's clips of uh, our friends for eighteen hours, okay. There's no education to that. But last night, for example, I was on YouTube and I spent a good few hours um, watching videos on Audacity tutorials, and I, I read the uh, Audacity manual because I was researching something, right? But that's still screen time. So it, I think it's because people seem to focus that, oh, this is technology, therefore it's bad. And that isn't the case at all. And as a parent, if your child isn't doing their homework because they're playing on their Xbox or PlayStation, then that's down to you to be uh, to take parental responsibility to make sure that doesn't happen. Well, I and agree you, with that. I agree on that one. Yes, it's down and to the And the use parents. of a siren, I'm sorry, what are you talking about? That, that, does that Final, make final any point difference? on this, though, because this is from one mum who lives in the village and said she was finding it really difficult to supervise her two kids because they would be completely focused on playing with the phone or watching TV, right? I will say, just on that point, I think in the West, the biggest issue is the phone. I don't think it's watching TV so much because I don't think kids even watch TV anymore, do they? No, my kids virtually never watch TV. But she goes on to say... Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even then, they just watch it on their phones, right? But um, she then goes on to say, since the new norm began, it is easier for my husband to return from work and help them study, and I can peacefully do my work in the kitchen, she says. It's really interesting. Really interesting. But yeah, we shall uh, shall watch with interest on this story. Uh, But it seems most people are behaving with it. It's funny because you you said about the, the people coming around and who are they. I find that interesting because I remember when the pandemic started and lockdowns came into force... People just stayed at home. You know, yes, the police could arguably come round, but you know what? People stayed in anyway. 
because they could come round. And so because technology connected us. That's why. Well, I will. I will say. I think if the pandemic had happened in the nineties. I think streets would have been ablaze <laughs> very quickly in yep. most parts of the world. I think Again, the internet certainly technology kept people behaved. civilised us. Or at least, well, I say that maybe they, they, they behaved in the sense of they stayed indoors and followed rules. What they did online, well, that's another question. Uh, listen, stick <laughs> around. We will talk more about this in uh, the coming days, I'm sure. And get, get your feedback in on this as well. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can call us on one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Stick around up next. We're going to hear all about the stellar track from Humanware. Lucy Begley joins us from the company next. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Biggles here. Uh, a couple of quick things. Do you guys wear medical alert bracelets that state you're blind in case you have an accident and they go to check your eyes for dilation. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, uh, think of AI as algorithmic interpretation, not artificial intelligence. Uh, That's really what it is. And uh, it doesn't actually know anything. It just puts things together in the way it thinks it needs to. Uh, Have a good day. Thank you. Wow. That's Biggles. Wow. So to the to the point there, Biggles. Thank you very much. Um, I think that's uh, that's a very clever way of looking at AI. Actually, yeah. absolutely right. I think people, as with many things, want to sort of, you know, it's like um, it's like the the paperclip in Windows. People want to give it a human essence, and it, it just isn't there. It isn't sentient. It isn't thinking. It just gives the impression of that. We kind of do actually, want to really give good. everything a, a human quality, right? We're, even with the AI itself, it's like we're willing it to become human. Yeah, We want it to start talking on our behalf. I mean, I yeah. think it's partly because maybe we just don't want to talk on our behalf anymore. <laughs> I'm happy to let it do all the work. I don't oh, know. What, it's just what really about weird. a medical bracelet? I actually don't wear one. No, I, I actually, you know, it's funny because my dad has one because he's diabetic and he has one in case for whatever reason he falls or he goes into hypo or whatever happens. Um, so, you know, he always wears this bracelet. Um I must admit, it's not something I've ever thought about. But is that and what, what does the medical alert thing do? Is it is it just literally? Are your name and details are on it, and that's it? So name details and any um, contact yeah, details, any medic, or... medical issues, right? Uh, but I mean, it's exactly for that. If you're ever unconscious for whatever reason and, and taken into hospital or have contact with paramedics, it's exactly for that, so they know. But of course, you do have that, you know, <laughs> on your on your smartphone. As well, if you go into the health oh. app, you can put all your contacts and details I have in there that I'm, uh, you know, registered blind and whatever else I've got, <laughs> diabetic. Uh, that's all in there, and anyone whatever can, else I've got, <laughs> I, I'm not listing them <laughs> all. Right? But you, you can <laughs> then the paramedic can simply grab your phone, and you can access that from the contact uh, from the lock screen, uh, oh. your med- medical ID. I must set that up. Uh, yes, you should. Yeah, that's of course you won't. But, no, you know, it, the, <laughs> of course the, I won't. The feature is there. I'll wait till something really bad happens, and then you know Say, I think, oh, oh I should, I should do have that. really done that. I'll do it in the hospital <laughs> when I'm lying there doing nothing, <laughs> yes, nothing else exactly. to do. So I'll just sit and do it then. Uh, right, listen, uh, let's talk about the Stellar Trek. Now you might remember we have talked quite a bit about the Stellar Trek, but never actually to the company themselves about it here on the show. 
We have had Lucy Bagley join us on Double Tap TV to talk all about the uh, Stellar Trek and talk through the features, but she's back with us today on the show. And uh, Lucy, it is great to have you back here to uh, talk us through this. So uh, now just for people who, who don't know, Lucy Begley is the regional uh, sales person for the north of the UK for humanware and uh, someone I know very well because we've uh, met at many, many events over the years. Uh, Lucy's always been there and uh, just a fantastic person to to get to know and talk about humanware products. Uh, Lucy, great to have you back here on Double Tap with us. Maybe we could start off by you know explaining a little bit about the Stellar Trek, what it is, and uh, you know how it came about. Right. So the new Stellar Trek, what is it? It is a GPS device combined with uh, built-in cameras. So we've done uh, GPS products at Humanware for for over twenty years now. So I know some of your listeners will, will be familiar with that, but mm. for those that aren't. Um, what the device does is it takes the satellite signal from the uh, from the sky from the satellites and plots your position onto the map that you've installed. So I'm in Scotland, so I've got my Scottish maps loaded on, and it will take the coordinates from the satellite and be able to tell me that I'm on King Street or whatever street that I'm on. So it only works outdoors. I'm, I'm in, indoors at the moment, so I don't don't have a single signal right just now. And it's really all about giving me um, additional information about my surroundings. So the GPS device doesn't replace a dog or a cane. Um, it just gives you, gives you that extra information. So things like, what's the name of the street that I'm on? As I'm walking along and I approach an intersection, the Stellar Trek will say, three-way intersection, King Street crossing Main Street on your right, or whatever it might be. So a three-way intersection would be, um, you know, you're walking along a road and there's a side street off to your right or your left. And it's three ways because I could go straight on, I could turn right, or I could turn around and continue, you know, walk back the way I came. And we can use it in different ways. We can use it very simply um, in what we call explore mode, which is really just, it's just giving us that information. It's telling us the name of the street on the right, on the left. It's mentioning as we walk past landmarks. Landmarks might be things like restaurants, shops, might be landmarks that you've added yourself. So it might be a post box that you've added um, or Stephen's house or whatever it is, you know, you can add in your, your own landmarks to personalise it so you've got lots of information about your local area. Mm. But I can also use it to actually record routes. And that's something that um, the user would do with a friend or sighted family member to start with. And you press a button on the Stellar Trek and it then notices where you're going. It's like it drops breadcrumbs and it records the route. Say it's home to chemist, something like that. So you would talk into it and give it a meaningful name. And then it would notice where you turn right, where you turn left and log that information so that the next time you walk that route, it's going to give you these turn by turn directions the way that you walked. Now, I could just type in a postcode or just type in an address of my destination and it would automatically generate those turn by turn directions for me. And while that's handy to have if you go to an area, maybe on holiday or a city you've never been to before, um, but for your local area, actually recording your own routes means that it's the way that 
it's a good way to walk, it's a safe way to walk, it takes in a pedestrian crossing or whatever it might be. So it might be that it's slightly longer than the automatically generated route, but it's it's the way that you want to be going. So it's really handy to be able to sort of actually store in those routes as well as landmarks. Mm. And, and you mentioned natural language, which I think is a big deal as well. A lot of us are a little bit confused sometimes when we hear 300 yards, then turn left, and you think, okay, what does that mean in reality? This is something which is built for people who walk and not drive, right? So there's a difference here. Yeah, exactly, Stephen. And I think you're so right about all this jargon. You know, like, can we just have things, you know, things like we use the terminology landmarks rather than points of interest? Because if you're not really familiar with GPS, point of interest sounds sounds a bit complicated, doesn't it? Whereas everyone understands what a landmark is. And yeah, it is, it's designed, I mean, you can use it in in motorised mode, but it's designed first and foremost for walking around and having that, you know, the kind of information that's appropriate to somebody that's that's out walking. Um, And it's, it's, specifically designed for someone with a visual impairment Mm. with tactile buttons and things um the the other what makes the stellar trek different though because we have done gps devices in the past um are the integrated cameras that that i'd mentioned uh, before yeah and again anybody that knows a bit about gps will know that um they are accurate to within about 10 meters and now, quite often they are bang on where you expect them to be, but they might be within 10 metres away and we have to, you know, as a user, you have to be aware of that. But the cameras are about guiding you this last 30 or 40 final feet and, and the cameras actually help um, locate the actual front door that you're looking for. So we've got cameras, as I say, integrated into the device and uh, you can take a picture of where you think the front door might be. So you'd be standing on a pavement and it will then say, um, okay, there's a front door at one o'clock and it's 20 feet away or, or whatever it might be. Um, so it's giving you on a clock face um, advice as to where that front door is or it might say, I don't see a front door at all. You know, all of this is just sort of extra information to actually help you get that bit closer to where you want to be. Yeah. So those cameras combined with the GPS um, are, are what the Stellar Trek is, is all about. It, it does that. It, it recognises the front door using artificial intelligence. Um, and what that means is when I take a picture, there's intelligence inside the Stellar Trek that actually recognises that, oh, that's a door. It's not just a wall, you know. Um, so it's really, really clever um, and brand new. You know, this is we've never had anything like this before. So it's kind of quite exciting. And the testing I've done with it so far has been great. You know, I mean, it's not 100 percent. You know, there's um, some I've got some houses don't have house numbers on there, you know, mm-hmm. so the, the cameras, if the number's there, will you will will read out, okay, that's number twelve. Of course if there's if there's no number there or if the number is very small and it you know, it might not get it every time. So it's again the stellar check will suit a user that understands that, understands that they might need to take a couple of pictures or maybe maybe they won't get the information from that particular location. Maybe I'll go next door and think, oh, okay, that's number 14, so that must have been number 12. You know, so it's it's a little bit of trial and error as well, but it is it is really great to get that, again, additional information, and more so than what we got from our previous GPS products. 
Okay, so I think we all need to hear what this actually sounds like. So can you put it through its paces for us? Yeah, I'll do that now. Right. It's about the size and weight, probably, for those old enough to remember, the sort of Nokia's uh, sort of first mobile phones that we all had back yep. in 1999. <laughs> I probably lost half your audience now, but, you know, it's lightweight, it's, you know, v- very portable, and it's all tactile buttons um, on the front. So it looks quite modern, you know, it's it's um, it's got a, a black sort of surround and then a silver panel with black, mostly black tactile buttons. And one of them is orange um, and that's the, the Where Am I button. So really what I've got is um, an arrow um, sort of square, rectangular section roughly in the middle where I've got an up, down, left and right arrow and then a confirm, like an enter button in the middle. And then I have two tactile buttons above that, two tactile buttons below that. And then I've got some buttons on the the right hand and the left hand edges as well. So on my right hand edge, I have got um, my record button and my power button. So I can put this in standby very quickly as well. This teller track is specifically designed for you. Sleep on. That was it reading. So that's, that's it going to sleep now and it just instantly comes on again. And at the left-hand edge, I've got my volume buttons, again, which, which are tactile. Um, I've got a wrist strap attached uh, to the bottom of mine as well, so I can pop it around my wrist for a wee bit more security. Um, and there's also a belt clip that comes with it that I'm holding up at the moment. So I can, um, when I'm walking around with it, I can slide it into the belt clip. Um, but then when I'm actually actively using it and I'm using the cameras... I can take it out of its little case and that gives me access uh, to the cameras. Now, what you might have heard there, by the way, was it reading um, a document that I'd just taken a wee picture of. So the cameras that are built in are used for for three three different uses. The first is the address confirmation that I've touched on already. So it's outside holding it up to a door and it's saying, yep, there's, there's a door there um, and it's at two o'clock or it's at 11 o'clock and how many metres or feet away it is. But I can also use it, you know, in a shop um, to do either quick reading or detailed reading. So quick reading just grabs um, text from anywhere it can see. It can be really good in a shop to work out what aisle you're on, you know, so you could hold it and read the, the, you know, the signs that are up quite high that say milk and eggs or whatever it might be. And then I can use the detailed reading to actually read food packaging or hold it um, over a document and um, and ask it to produce the text to speech from that document as well. So the, the cameras are a really handy thing to have in your hand. Really interesting, Lucy. Thank you so much for coming back on and telling us uh, all about the stellar trek here on Double Tap today. Uh, Sean, just bringing you back in on this because, uh, you know, it's really interesting to hear Lucy talk about it, considering our conversations around things like soundscape, our last 10 yards problem, all the things we talk about every single day when it comes to using GPS, the challenges we have. I think that was actually a really good demonstration of how this works and kind of, I think, clarified it to me as to why this device is so important because it has obviously the GPS capability, but also the ability to do things like find the door all in one tactile device built for us yeah that's what i took from that as well immediately i'm thinking yeah with soundscape going away this is soundscape in hardware form right and also with a little bit of clue in there as well or the new seeing ai you know indoor uh 
route mapping. Mm. Obviously, this is only for outdoors. But I, I've got to say, I think that was one of the best explanations of that hardware I've heard ever. I think Lucy did a great job because she wasn't uh, putting the, the expectations of the user of what it can do. It, it, it was really good. Because, yes, sometimes you are going to need to take multiple pictures of some things. This isn't, you know, a magic mobility device, but reasonable expectations of what it can do. And you know what? For the first time, I would like to actually get my hands on this device. I would like to try this out and see, uh, compared to using, you know, GPS on my phone and maybe the Soundscape app or an alternative and the Clue app and whatever else, actually, does this make more sense? Well, this is the point, right? Because back to this whole thing about specialist tech, we always kind of look for the what's the iPhone solution to it, you know? And I think we had that with Soundscape. Now that's going away. I'm looking for something which is going to do the job. I also kind of want something which gives me information in a way that is understandable to me. That's why I brought up the whole thing about, you know, what is 300 yards in reality? That's a good point, actually. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of just want more detail and specific information uh, that, that I can understand, you know, essentially a device that's built for for me. This is something I think I would be more interested in. I don't know why all of a sudden this has taken interest, but I think partly it's because of the demise of Soundscape. I mean, we're talking a lot of money here. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the details, but I think it's it's over $1,000 from memory. Um, well, that's the thing that we have with all specialist tech, especially yeah. me. I, I just think I, I, I just couldn't justify spending that sort of cash. But if you take that out of it, because that is a very individual thing, you know, how much you think something is worth financially. Mm. Um, I mean, just going off what it can do. Uh, yeah, I think I would like to try this out. From my point of view, I'm always thinking, right, do I have the ability to do the same thing with what I've already got in, in our case, the smartphone? You know, can I do the same thing with my smartphone where I don't have to lay out this money? And usually the answer is yes. But how much more juggling about is it? Is this actually a more user-friendly way to get the same results and quicker. But then again, you know, there is that price aspect to it. Yeah. Again, you know, if it is going to make your life easier, if it is going to, you know, and, you know, we're talking GPS here. So, you know, again, I go back to this thing about the battery on the smartphone being able to, you know, do all the things we want it to do and be still functional at the end of the day, you know, when you want to get back home again. Um, you know, having a separate device is always good for that. I, I mean, I'm, I, it's a very delicate thing because I think it depends on the individual. I'm intrigued by this, though. I certainly want to try it based on that. I, I kind of never really put the whole camera thing and the, the map thing together properly um, because it was kind of presented as almost like an OCR solution, which I never understood. Um, but, yeah, this makes a lot more sense. You know, using it as a way to, to do the whole door detection thing you know, it does solve that last 10 yards problem. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know about solving it because it's still a well, case of... It gets closer to it than where we are. Well, it gets us closer to that front door, which is a, is actually a real issue. But the, the the series of taking pictures, I mean, you know, I'm thinking I've, I've recently used Ira a lot to... A, a taxi drops me off outside a building. I simply open up Ira and say, can you guide me to the door? Yeah. And it works incredibly well. Well, that's a speed thing, isn't it? This is the that, problem. I think exactly that, right. Now, if I get out of the taxi and need to take a series of pictures, yeah, uh, of course it will still. Hopefully, it would get me the same result as I'll be able to locate the door myself. But you know, how much extra time does that take? And you know, is there lighting issues? Is the picture not great? And, and look, we all know how this plays out, right? You're standing there taking pictures. 
and guaranteed someone will come up to you and say, can I help you? Are you okay? Yeah, and then exactly. you're trying yeah. to get the thing to do its thing, and they'll say, oh, <laughs> what are you trying to go? Oh, I'm just trying to find the door. Oh, I'll just, get you to the door, and then suddenly you're there. And you think, okay, well, that's good. So I've spent all this money to basically use this as a beacon to get a sighted person over here to help me get to the door. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right there. But, you know, in these cases where it's not, sometimes maybe early in the morning, late at night or whatever, and, and there's no one else around. And having that fall back is cool. I just wish, um, you know, it was more of a real-time video thing and it would just shout out, you know, like, like the short text feature does. Um, yeah. where you know, it says there's a door or scanning for a barcode. You just, in live video feed, obviously it doesn't do that. Um, and that's what I would wish it would do. But it's still nice to have that functionality there if you get stuck. And of course, don't forget, if you've got an iPhone 14 Pro, I think 13 Pro as well, you've got door detection, right? So that's built in there as well if you've got the Pro models. Is it yeah. just the 14 Pro? I've, I haven't really, how does that work though? I mean, I don't mean technically, I mean, how well does it perform? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I hear nobody talk about it. No, I read all exactly. these forums. I never hear anybody mention it. Interesting, isn't it? I want a demo of that. But so is that because people that? aren't buying these pro devices? I mean, I, I see a, I know a lot of people. One? I do. I, I, yeah. I don't use it, though. That's the problem. I, I use my 13 Mini all the time. So well, we it need a demo of that. I would love to know how well door detection works in real okay. time. All right. Well, you and I will go for a walk one day once Both? you've fixed your... Well, we're going to Site Village. Let's see if we can find the door to that. Okay. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Can we find the door to Site Village? Uh, and of course, you know what will happen. As soon as we get to it, someone will take us straight to the door. Yes, absolutely. And now, drag us in. Does that work in real time using the LiDAR? Yes. And that's very interesting. Yeah. I would love to hear a demo of that. Uh, also, just a quick mention of uh, Sony, or Sony, depending on how you want to say it. If you say it properly or not. Yeah. I don't know how Sony. you say it properly. Yeah. Sony, yeah. okay, let's Sony. do that. Uh, they're adding more accessibility information to Passive games aggressive. on the PlayStation so- Store. Um, oh. So this is uh, new accessibility tags that will roll out globally this week uh, in the store or on PS5. Now, this, of course, is very specific. But, you know, if you are looking for accessible games or you want to know what games are accessible, uh, the tags will provide information on things like visual, audio, control, and gameplay features. Of course, this could be quite useful if you want to make sure a certain game is able to accommodate your specific needs. You can get an idea of what the accessibility tags look like in a video they've put on uh, YouTube, uh, which, of course, doesn't really apply to our conversation. But um, many of Sony's recent games have had great accessibility features built into them. And this is, of course, amazing, the amount of work that's been done. I have to be honest, this is an area which I'm not really that into because I just don't... I'm not going to spend the money on, say, a PlayStation 5 to, to test, it out. test this out because it's just too much. And also, I'm not a game player. I'm just not a game player. I just, I mean, I know there's many games out there now. I mean, looking at the list is kind of incredible, right? So Days Gone, Death, Stranding. No. Dear. Ghost of, I don't know what that is, God of War, God of War Ragnarok. I'm sure I've got that wrong. Grand oh, Turismo. Very accessible. Um, oh, Grand Turismo. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank. I have no idea what that is. Is that one game? Rift Apart? What a great show this would be for games <laughs> review, right? I don't know what any of these are. It's I like could be your granddad's. saying any names at all. I could just be speaking anything out here right now. Um, I feel like uh, him from Anchorman, just sitting here just reading anything. But yeah, I mean, okay, a lot of these games do have, have great accessibility features. And if you know what they are, 
then brilliant. You can play them. Yeah, so just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. No, no, that's excellent. And I wish, you know, it's like the streaming services, right? I want to know before I have to watch the first five seconds of a show if it is audio described before. <sighs> Yeah. Some places are good at that. Some places don't put anything. Like, it's, t- you know, it's taking years just to get a tag just yes, to say absolutely. that it's got AD on it. I, I, and even today, you still struggle to get... I mean, Netflix still has its category. Apple seems to have ditched the category for audio description on iTunes. Really? So I can't find anything now that just tells me what the audio described options are. I actually have a hunch it's because the, the, the amount is so small. They don't want to highlight that. Wow. Um, okay. Because I, I do struggle to find much with AD on, on iTunes unless it's brand it used, new. It used to be halfway down the sort of movies page. And there, it was yeah, in that's like, right. Yeah. There was like a, a, a well, row. It moved to the bottom. It moved to the very bottom ah, and right. ended at the far right of this list. Um, so I had to, you know, find that's right. that. Yeah, like comedy, horror, and then uh, right at the end was audio described. And then uh, Prime Video. No list. I mean, we, we've had Amazon Prime on the show. We've talked to them about this and we've said, look, could you just, could you, could you just put a Please. list? Just yes. a list. Even if it's just for us. Even if it's just something you send out to people. If you don't want to, if you really don't want to showcase that you're accessible and you've made lots of efforts to actually put this content up there. Okay, fine. Why? I don't know. But if you don't want to do that, then fine. But just send us out a list. Nothing. Just no way of knowing. And yet you go into a lot of shows and they do have AD. And I just don't get it. I just yeah. do not it get it. It seems like such a simple thing to implement as well. I mean, you know, just <sighs> add an extra tag on there saying audio described and give us an option to just filter the content by audio described. Right, look, we're getting the nod to move on because time okay. is up. But thank you, as always, Sean Priest. Thank uh, you. Keep your feedback Stevie coming. Stevie baby. Thank you. <laughs> Feedback at doubletaponair.com. I feel dirty now. I shall wash, but I will never be clean. one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven is our number. We're back tomorrow. Bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at AMI.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.